2: What is up? Welcome to a special edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant. You know the whole thing, I'm still fully vaccinated, dodging variants like Neo and the Matrix get a little bit harder nowadays. But you may be wondering why you are getting a version of the podcast here on an off day. Well, it's because we're doing something new for you here. We are giving you the audio from the Tuesday and Thursday editions of NFL Fantasy Live. I know it's late in the season, but we figure with the playoffs at hand, why not give you a chance for a little bit more information so you can get all of the goodness that you normally get on NFL Network with all of your favorite analysts, myself, Michael F. Florio, Adam Rank, Cynthia Freeland, Patrick Claybon, and Kimmy Checks right here on your phone or listening device. So hopefully this helps you on your way to a championship. So sit back, relax, and enjoy these special editions of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. The Ho- We'll all providing the beats for kickoff of Week 14 on Thursday Night Football, Steelers and Vikings tonight from US Bank Stadium. Let's see y'all are horn kicking in early. Welcome to NFL Fantasy Live. What's going on, Duluth? I'm Marcus Grant, along with Cynthia Freeland, Michael F. Florio, and Adam Rank. We got plenty of fake football to talk about with you for the next hour or so. Time for some headlines. In case you missed it, we'll start with Cooper Cup, who's landed on the injury report for the first time this season. Season. Rams head coach Sean McVay says cup will be limited in today's walkthrough practice due to a toe injury. So you want to monitor this one. Rams are in Arizona. That is a Monday night football game. Meanwhile, on Sundays, be sure to catch NFL fantasy game day that kicks off at noon Eastern. It's me. It's Florio. It's rank. And uh,
1: wait a minute. Yeah. Cynthia's got to be on that show. No, sadly. Why? No, sadly. Where are you on Sunday mornings?
4: I- sitting in the green room waiting for my two-second seconds. on game day morning. You go out and
1: ride. How much time do you think I get on GMFB weekend? And I go out have, and I rock it. You have wardrobe. It. You have wigs and stuff on that show. I'm just going to say it's get amazing. a costume. This anyway,
2: we're going to talk about, about a whole firm. bunch of stuff on that Sunday show, which you can find streaming in a whole bunch of different places. <laughs> Your starts, sits, surprises, sleepers, busts, all that kind of stuff. We'll also be talking about injuries, though, and some of the key ones that you may want to keep an eye on. So, Florio, which uh, which key injury are you watching for this week?
3: Basically the whole league. Um, <laughs> no, but Elijah Mitchell, because I think Mitchell is a top five running back. If he plays, it's a great matchup. And if he sits, I think Jermichael Hasty becomes like a, a nice option as well. So grab him now just in case.
4: Same team. I'm going with Debo Samuel on this one. I'm also looking at Darren Waller against Kansas City because tight end is always a big thing that's a problem. So between those two, those are high-volume players watching both of them.
1: You know what's funny is when we did the homework for the show, I'm like, Ezekiel Elliott, got to make sure what his deal is. But I'm like, well, also JD McKissick. Now also, Tony Pollard. (laughs) I want to know who the running backs are going to be Sunday in in my most highly anticipated game of the weekend. A lot of running back uh, news coming down, too. That's going to be very important. What is? Oh, hey, look at that. It's the hype
4: train. Well, I was the, the hype train would play the, oh the horn God. that you love so much in Minnesota. With your tickets, <laughs> we're going to be
2: uh, loading up the hype train a little bit later on in the show. In the meantime, two Untouchables in fantasy this season. A couple big holes to fill because of their buy. That gets us to
1: Projection Junction, Junction. What's your function? Even this old guy has heard of this band. Wow. The rest of you, not so much. Yeah, no. <laughs> Me? No, but, uh, you know, it was, it was a fun song. I enjoyed a great it. great song. It was very good. I, I like listening to it.
2: Uh, anyway, we're going to give Cynthia three waiver wire running backs and quarterbacks that managers might be turning to this week with four teams on a bye, and that uh, she'll let you know what she has projected for those players. So we'll start with Dontrell Hilliard for the Tennessee Titans against Jacksonville. What are you looking at?
4: We're looking at about 14.5 fantasy points. Why? I actually think the ground game is more interesting. I know we've kind of seen him establish himself as the pass catching back. But I think that this is an opportunity to use the work on the ground higher probability even than those like shovel passes you saw there. So I think it's a really nice, it's a really nice pickup there. I mean, it's not Jonathan Taylor numbers, but it's still really respectable.
2: I think he's going to get some volume too, which is going to be helpful. Uh, Sonny Michelle last week had a big week for the Rams. What about this week against Arizona?
4: Okay, so here's the split that you need to know. He's about five fantasy points per game in 10 games with Daryl Henderson. About 9.8 touches per game in 10 games with him. That's not a great touch situation. Yeah. So you want to look here. I have about 6.6 fantasy points projected for him. It's not a great defense to target. They play us off 44, which is where they take extra linebackers to help stop the run if they notice the team's running too much. So I don't love the opportunity here as much as maybe some of the other ones.
2: Limited touches against a good defense. Not a great combination. Right. Uh, one last running back, Chuba Hubbard, for the Panthers against the Atlanta Falcons.
4: Yes, honey. You want to take this one, <laughs> 14.6 fantasy points for him. Why? There's a new offensive coordinator in town, and I went and watched a ton of Baylor film. Why? Because I don't have anything better to do. And they want <laughs> to run the football. Run the football not just with Cam Newton, but also different rushing co- concepts than the Falcons have seen. This is a nice Falcons defense opportunity to exploit those different looks and really see if this is the run game they want for their future. This is the audition for the OC. This is what they're going to do. It is all about that run.
2: Matt Rule says he wants to establish, so we'll see if that happens this week. All right, let's switch to the quarterbacks because people have to try to figure out how to replace Jalen Hurts this week on a bye. Some folks could end up riding. Let's we'll go back to Carolina. Folks riding with Cam Newton potentially this week.
4: You know, I'm looking at this Cam Newton one, and I think that you want to absolutely take that last TD at the end. See that one? That's the mm-hmm. rushing TD. I love that one there. That's like the strongest rushing TD projection that I've had in a while. So I like this opportunity for Cam. I think we've kind of all fought over who's going to be the best villain. And to me, Cam's right up there with my guy who, you know, obviously we've, we've I've talked about him yesterday like, oh, yeah. the, the entire show. I got it. That's Taysom Hill in case people are wondering. Of course.
2: Uh, <laughs> other folks might be looking at Ryan Tannehill who's been struggling lately, but what do you look like this week against the
4: Jags? You know, I think that they do this thing where they try to keep the play action going, like get it back established, figure out what's going on. So 233, two passing touchdowns and 18 rushing. It's respectable 17.12 fantasy points. I know Jags have been seemingly difficult on opposing quarterbacks, but it's really about the game script here. But I think they're going to need to get Ryan Tannehill kind of back in rhythm, kind of heading into the second part of their All right, So that leads us to your guy, Taysom <laughs> Hill against the Jetropolitans. What's up? Oh, well, this is a 24 and a half fantasy points. Ooh. He has a ceiling that's even higher. I think that the interesting part without Alvin Kamara, you know, people are like, oh, is he, who's getting the rush yards? The answer is both. Congratulations. <laughs> you all get rushing yards in this week. you get some rushing it's yards. It's a good You'll opportunity against yards. the Jets because they're missing a bunch of pieces on their defense, too. So run the ball. That's how you prevent turnovers. Four turnovers last week for Taysom Hill. That, Sean Payton's like, absolutely not. This isn't happening. Don't keep the ball in your hands. I'm no doctor,
2: but I feel like having a quarterback with a bad finger throw probably not, a best, not the best idea. Just the weird probabilities, you know. Just a weird thing that <laughs> i
4: Doctor Grant in the house. <laughs> there
2: you go. All right, here we go. Here we go from projections to perfection. Last week we all gave our player who would have a perfect day catching the ball, and shout out to Florian Rank. I, what I up? Guess. Uh, they both picked. I was picked right. Brand, they picked Brandon Bolden and Jamal Williams. Bolden had a huge. They But it's right. They had a whopping one for one. Huge target share, though. That's true. Brandon (laughs) had a a 33% target share last week, no doubt. Uh, They were eight catches away, though, from Josh Jacobs, who had a perfect day against Washington. Jacobs caught all nine passes thrown his way. However, his 38 receiving yards the second fewest by a player with nine or more receptions since Tariq Cohen had just 19 on nine catches in week seven of 2019. So... That gets us back to the one with the fantasy balls. We continue our sort of mealy mouth tribute to friends. It's just basically an excuse for us to throw this football around is what it is. Basically. Uh, After six (laughs) weeks, though, cumulative, we're almost to 12 minutes. 11 minutes 51 seconds. So they have again raised the the difficulty levels. So places, please.
4: All right, let's do
2: it.
1: All right, let's get to our our spots here. All right. Hey, by the way, I want to point out to uh, Middle America, who likes to point out that my pants are too short. (laughs) I'm sorry. There it is. Hey, that's not the way we Angels wear them here in America. See, they go <laughs> so, right down to my shoes like so they're anyway, supposed to. Sorry. Let's start
4: this off. I was st- I'm I was from middle off. America. Your pants look stupid. By talking about Josh oh my Jacobs. Gosh, I the lost aforementioned
2: that. Josh Jacobs. <laughs> Uh, who he did have nine anything. catches last Omaha. week. No, look, he oh, actually has right. had about an 87% catch rate this that season. Light. He's been very effective catching the, the football for the home. Raiders. Uh, on top of, he's had five perfect games so far this year, including last week's. Oh, and he's facing okay. the Chiefs, who have given about an 83% catch rate yep. to Everybody's the running really back position. And by the way, we have already thrown more passes than Mac Jones did. Off-season. How dare you? That's <laughs> true. All right, right. Let's talk about David Montgomery
1: as a heater. uh, You (laughs) know, last week really benefited from the fact that Andy Dalton does not throw the ball down the field. But in the limited opportunities he could get with Justin Fields in this one against the Green Bay Packers, I really do think he could go perfect. Um, So I like David Montgomery for the opportunity and everything. And he's one of those players that even if the Bears are kind of, you know, losing, he's still a huge pass catcher. I'm
3: going with, uh, Amir Abdullah here, like it's 2015 oh or something. Uh, Amir Abdullah was the pass catching back oh over my Chuba Hubbard as of late. I think, you know, they want to run the ball. We're going to see a good amount of passes to the running back, I think, and, uh, he's going to be the preferred option. So I, and the Falcons struggle hey against pass catching running backs. <laughs>
4: Okay, I'm going with Austin Eckler in this matchup. <laughs> he has uh, The Giants allow about an 85% catch rate, two running backs, fourth highest in the NFL. I think Austin Eckler will doing? be the solution here, <laughs> and oh, I think are. that those nice high-probability passes are going to be the key.
1: They will be the key.
4: All right, I think that's it. We can stop the clock, right?
2: Where are we? Don't spike it after we and a all. half. 13 and a half minutes. Woo! That was pretty good. Right. I have Listen. to say that I'm really not listening to you guys when you're talking because I'm mostly concentrating on the I have no idea actually football, who Florio is. So I have picks. no idea what you guys are saying. <laughs> I, anyway, I truly have no idea who did. We spent some time tossing the ball around here. I don't remember who we I We the ball around. Let me just toss it over to Florio because he's oh my got gosh. my five. It doesn't matter. The clock stopped. We're fine.
3: <laughs> my fives today are we're talking playoff MVPs and Marcus. Here are some notable MVPs from the past five seasons when it comes to the fantasy playoffs. Last year, Alvin Kamara helped many get that, that hardware, averaging over 32 fantasy points in weeks 14 through 16. You see CMC and Derrick Henry before that. And look at 2017. I had that guy, Todd Gurley. Now he's out of the league. What happened? But uh, for this year... <laughs> I got five players who are going to be the MVP of the 2021 fantasy football playoffs. At number five, it is 49ers running back Elijah Mitchell. He is the best fantasy playoff schedule for running backs. He's facing, you ready for this? The Falcons, Titans... And Texans. He averages over 20 touches per game. And in those matchups, I think he can have some huge performances. At number four, Kyler Murray, the QB1 on the season. He set rushing highs across the board last year, uh, last week in all of his rushing stats. And his schedule is so great. The Lions, Colts, and Cowboys. A couple of shootouts and a couple of weak defenses there. At number three, George Kittle. He has the easiest playoff schedule for tight ends, the same as Elijah Mitchell facing the Falcons, Titans, and Texans. And he's averaging over 18 fantasy points per game since returning from injury. He scored nearly 40 last week. He has so much upside. At number two, Austin Eckler, the second best schedule for running backs in the fantasy playoffs, facing the Chiefs, Texans, and Broncos. We know he's going to catch a bunch of passes. We know that he's going to score a bunch of touchdowns. He's also top two amongst running backs in each of those stats. And at number one, Cooper Cup. I mean, Cooper Cup is on pace to score the most fantasy points by a wide receiver in NFL history. He's top 20 points, nine times the only player and I think the regular season MVP becomes the fantasy playoff MVP facing the Seahawks, Vikings, and Ravens. That is the second-best fantasy playoff schedule for wide receivers. And those are my five players who will be fantasy playoffs MVPs. You know, it's wild. Is that it's, it's plausible that somebody could have all those players on their team. Yeah, you really could. Team.
2: It is certainly possible. So somebody... Uh, maybe sitting pretty going into the postseason. All right, we're gonna talk some building blocks in DFS. So maybe Rank will so, join us back for that one because you that, have
4: like an eye infection. We're talking about the main slate on, on Sunday. Well, we're
2: gonna find two guys fine. that you can build your DFS lineup around. So if you wouldn't, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind, Mr. Rank, do you have two? Wait, what's going on? Uh, put your glasses block. on and give us
1: I'm your too building busy. blocks. Oh, I'm hold I'm gonna go. You know what? Actually, I got a good one. You'll like this. Laquan. Treadmill. I do like this one. Treadmill. It's, treadmill. <laughs> treadmill. I'm running on a treadmill. <laughs> I'm all shook right now. I'm. <laughs> I'm never coming to rehearsal again. This is so unfair. But you know what? He is. Uh, he's very inexpensive. The sixty fourth least most expensive guy on the on the DraftKings he's had at least four receptions and 50 yards in back-to-back games and the Tennessee Titans this matchup is fantastic they've allowed the most receiving yards receiving uh, receptions per game to wide receivers this year and uh, I also put in for Javante Williams, which is something that we're going to have to monitor as we get closer to Sunday, because of course Melvin Gordon is starting to make his way back to practice, and I know that we're all sitting here watching how well Javante Williams played as the solo back last week, and we're like, "Well, oh, there's no way they would bring back." Oh, they're going to. They're, they're going to do it. So. Keep an eye out on that, and uh, but I think both those guys should be pretty good for you.
3: Speaking of RB playing time, I'm going with James Robinson because I'm <laughs> riding the narrative here. I mean, Urban Meyer has been asked daily why he has benched uh, James Robinson this past week. He didn't have an answer. He blamed the RB coach. Trevor Lawrence has publicly said he wants Robinson on the field as much as possible. So I think it's a squeaky wheel game without Robinson really even having to say anything. I think they're going to give him a bunch of touches so people stop asking. And it doesn't hurt that his season-high 149 rushing yards came against this Titans defense and then Cynthia's guy Taysom Hill I mean four interceptions last week he still top 20 fantasy points 100 rushing yards last week now he gets the team that gives up the most rushing yards per game plus the Jets are allowing the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks over the last seven weeks he's pretty cheap too I really like getting Taysom in there I'm going to start with Michael Gallup, who's actually even slightly cheaper than Taysom
2: Hill. Like I know that both C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper are going to be back, and that might limit his opportunities. But also keep an eye, with Tony Pollard, uh, not 100%. We'll see if he actually plays this week. Some of those short throws could end up going Gallup's way, and the match it was very good against the Washington defense that struggled against wide receivers this season. My other one is Austin Hooper, who right now, I think is the only healthy tight end in the city of Cleveland. Uh, everybody else is pretty much banged up or dealing with COVID. He's facing the Ravens who aren't the worst team against tight ends. They're the third worst team against tight ends. So the matchup is very good, especially in a passing game that's looking to find more targets consistently. Austin Hooper could be a nice streaming option.
4: I'm going with deep tournament pivots, as in guys that you're not going to want to put in a 50-50 lineup, but Brevin Jordan, for the bare minimum salary, he gets a Seattle defense that's allowed the most fantasy points per game to tight ends over the past four weeks. And then for my second pick, we all talk about it. I told you, they want to run the ball, which means DJ Moore is going to be a really good opportunity against Atlanta. And this is for 6,200, so he's kind of that mid-range situation, 15th most expensive. But I think that if you want to talk about narratives here, we're all been here about the run. Maybe you want to play the the kind of pivot tournament angle, do contrarian. Yeah. DJ Moore, all the catches. That, that, that Covered. Was, you know,
2: we're all like, hey, they're going to run the ball like 50 times and then, you know, Cam... And then DJ Moore's going to have like 700 <laughs> yards. Right,
4: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, that gets us
2: to Tapped Out, where every week we talk about a player that uh, is on the ropes. I'm sure I didn't no, know. Right. Not, no, if you're it's on to, the ropes, that breaks. They're trying to get to the... I, look, anyway, if you can't get to the ropes, that's when you tap really out. we're really frustrated with. Uh, and we're really about to just give
1: up the game. Can't get off. to the ropes.
2: Anyway, uh, Rank, you can start us off. Who is uh, somebody you're, you're you're
1: frustrated with? I'm going to say Jamar Chase. And a couple of weeks ago, I was on this very program, on this very show. I might have even done it on Total Access, which just comes on at 7 o'clock Eastern. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, look <laughs> oh, at that. No. Oh, no. no Michael F. Oh, my goodness gracious. But uh, I'm just trying <laughs> to inspire here. Just like I inspired T. Higgins. I've kind of pulled the, the heel turn like Dante Martin did last night on AEW Dynamite. We really have seen the fall off in production with Jamar Chase, but it has benefited T. Higgins, who's been much better over the last couple of weeks. I just want to see both players. I'm like a little league dad. I want both guys to succeed. I want everybody so I, want to, I want everybody to play well. Maybe not you, Taylor, Tyler Boyd. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I like Tyler. To I'm too.
3: I'm kidding. I'm,
1: okay. <laughs> Florio, who's your person? Uh,
3: I'm going with a unicorn here. Kyle Pitts coming into the year. We were all so excited about him. Then he had two big games early on and we thought it was a fire emoji. But since yeah. then, it's been anything but uh, since Calvin Ridley really has stopped playing. He has zero touchdowns and double digit fantasy points just once since week seven. He's giving you just seven fantasy points per game since week eight, which is 28th amongst tight end. Forget him being a must-start tight end like we thought he would be. I'm questioning whether I should keep him on my roster or not. So Kyle Pitts, the unicorn, please show me something. Who's the Falcons' leading receiver? Uh, Probably is Kyle Pitts right now, but that's is. sort of by default. Uh, can we also talk about the fire engine that was, like,
2: blowing steam? That was weird. Anyway,
1: uh, for it's me. the cappuccino machine. It's Ryan <laughs> Tannehill.
2: And, look, I know things. We're going to be great when you lose an A.J. Brown and you lose uh, Julio Jones. But now you're putting Band-Aids over this offense and like, yeah, he's just been beat up. He's been beat up in fantasy. He's been beat up in real life. Fewer than 15 points in three of the last four single digits in back-to-back games In the last four games, four passing touchdowns, six interceptions. And you look at his playoff schedule. He's got the Steelers uh, on the road, the 49ers and the Dolphins. It's not a terrible schedule, but it's not great. And he hasn't done enough to make you think that uh, he's really going to turn things around and get it ready for the playoffs right now.
4: Okay, so mine is Jarvis Landry, and I understand he's coming off a big game the last time they played the Ravens, then they had a break, and then he did not. But I have this world's smallest violin. Because I don't know where the expression comes from, but like, you know, like when you're saying, like, stop with a pity party already, like, you're the only guy there. You are complaining about, like, recept. Come on, just stop it. We got world's tiniest violin listening to you and your stupid complaints so if you look to see fewer than 40 receiving yards in 5 of 8 games this season and he's one of just two wide receivers with no receptions on 50 plus (laughs) targets this season (laughs) (laughs) it's a little violin though it's a little tiny violin it's a little violin okay you guys ready for this All right, the violin for ants (laughs) <laughs> coming up on nfl fantasy live the week 13 hype train brought you a top 20 running back in dallas courtesy of our conductors who were a little off the rails just a little bit with our guns and roses takeover see what these two rockers have in store for us in week 14 when the train comes a-rockin don't come a-knockin until after the break
0: you go into your shower feeling tired throws a dart, caught ball left flat, Godwin. Takes the snap, a dart, caught ball. Inside the five, it's Godwin again. Quick out pass to Godwin, gets a block. Inside, across the
1: 47 to the 48 yard line. Brady throws, crossing round. It's a caught ball in the Falcon 45 by Chris Godwin. Downfield throws a dart, caught by Godwin. He's over 100 to the 50. Brady takes the snap, passes the ball to the left side. Caught ball, Godwin, who got the first down. Brady throws deep, Brady, it's a caught ball. What a great grab. It's a career high and a franchise record.
4: That was your top stack from week 13, Tom Brady to Chris Godwin. It's actually their second time appearing on this list. So now it is our job to provide you with the top stacks for this week, week 14. Florio, you start. I'm going into Seattle. Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. Ooh, spicy! Russ, Russ has
3: thrown multiple passing touchdowns in multiple games, but this is really about DK Metcalf. His targets were back up last week. They were using him in the red zone. And what I like most is they were taking shots downfield with him. His air yards were the highest since week three, and the Texans give up the second most yards per target on deep passes. So come on, Seattle. Get this guy going. He's one of the best receivers in the league.
4: I think we both underst- understood the assignment the exact same way this week because I'm actually pitch- picking Patrick Mahomes Ooh, and that. making it a triple stack with Tyreek Hill and what? Travis. Kelsey. No way. Oh, yeah. Big <laughs> way. Big way. Big time way. Look, when I look to see the opportunity here, everyone's questioning what's going on with the Chiefs. Are the offense broken? Blah, 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 blah. And I see that the Raiders do bring the heat. They have the highest pressure rate in the NFL. So how do you get rid of that? You create situations with high probability. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, enjoy this matchup. Why? Look, if you think Patrick Mahomes last seven career games against Vegas, 27 fantasy points and almost 20 for Hill and 20 22.8 for travis kelsey so those are our stacks but now you need to have our favorite wacky stack masters over there with this week's always animated super fun edition of the hype train
1: you look so mad it is time once again here comes the hype train to bring you some fantasy zen and the name is Rank, Adam Rank, and my guy, Marcus Grant, and I have sold hype trains from Brockway to Ogdenville and North Paverbrook. And by golly, we've put them on the map. Now let's fire up the hype train. Let's get the power tilting full max. What? Because oh! This is the segment that has been endorsed by the most USC Heisman <laughs> Trophy winning quarterbacks. Marcus, are you ready? I'm ready. Come on, Marcus, I need you to feel it. I'm ready, but you're going to feel it if you don't get off the track. Hey, here they come. Let's get out of here. What happened? <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Because normally I'm ready to go. Ready to go, <laughs> practice all day. Do it I mean, Oh, I love it. This is me, I just stick with the double dutch. That's what I do, but hey, speaking of things that never happened, the Detroit Lions are winners. <laughs> Words I thought I would never say. It was a great momentous occasion, and it made Cynthia's day. She's the biggest Lions fan I know. She bleeds Honolulu blue. And the Lions have some ballers. And girl, you know it's true. I might not have a fancy degree, but I have a receiver who could lead us to the crown because my math right now is telling me, show me Amon Ross St. Brown. I so badly want to jump. We want on to this do train. it. I was. Do all, it,
2: we want to do, do, it. It. Like, do, do it. I can't. Jump! 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 I jump! I, jump. I was all. I was. I was driving this hype train in the preseason, and it never really arrived. And right now, it just feels like a moving target, trying to figure out who the top target in this offense is going to be. Maybe it's someone on Ross St. Brown. Maybe it's Josh Reynolds. I don't know. Maybe they go out and find Herman Moore from back in the day. I (laughs) I have no idea. That's a pull, isn't it? I I
1: so want to. I just can't. How dare you besmirch Herman Moore. I love Herman Moore. One of the most underrated receivers in the NFL. I love love Herman Moore. Moore. I am a, listen, I'm a Herman Moore guy. Great. And I like Amon Ross St. Brown. Listen, Servite High School, or wait, did he go to modern day? Boom, how about that one? Listen, (laughs) the Atlanta Falcons have been known for wide receivers, and you know I'm not going to lie, son, look at their history. They've had Julio, they've had Roddy, and don't go chasing waterfalls for Andre Rison. (laughs) But look at the current cast. They've got, who's the guy? Calvin uh, Cordell Patterson and my guy Kyle Pitts. But now I got a wide receiver who last week I had in my sits. So don't stick to those rivers and lakes that you're used to. I got a guy that you can play even if it seems too good to be true. Show me Russell Gage. Ah, I am on board with Russell Gage.
2: There I am. I'm on more than Russell Gage don't, this don't, week. Don't I, know, I, can't, I can't jump on there. I know. I'm going to get yelled at. Uh, anyway, uh, maybe it feels like chasing the point after he had a couple of big games, but uh, they're just struggling to really get anybody going in the passing game. Florio talked about Kyle Pitts struggling right now. Cordero Patterson's been a nice option. they got to throw the ball somewhere, and Russell Gage kind of seems to be the guy at the moment.
1: The last slot receiver to go up against the Carolina Panthers was Jalen Waddell, who had 137 yards against this defense. You know that Arthur Smith has been looking at that tape. So get Russell Gage into your lineup right now. And you know what? I want to take a moment and talk about some Cougars, maybe not the ones you had in mind. I'm talking about the (laughs) BYU Cougars, who for so many years have been so kind. There's best-selling author, Heather B. Armstrong. And what about Ken Jennings of Jeopardy? Even the dude who started Napoleon Dynamite, but his name escapes my memory. Well, let's talk about the quarterbacks. I'm talking about, who am I talking about? Denver, McMahon, and Young. <laughs> and as I scream, show me Zach Wilson, because you know it just rolls off my tongue. Yeah. Come on. No. Look at the hair. I mean, he's got great
4: hair. He's a, he's a very he's handsome like young man.
2: I. Uh, but again, I just need consistency out of Zach Wilson. Last week, he put up a pretty good fantasy number. He was a top five fantasy quarterback last week. Uh, but I need to know that he can duplicate this before I start jumping on his hype train.
1: The matchup is so-so this week, but I just, I just don't have confidence in him. He's really. so fun. I have him in a lot of dynasty leagues, and I want to play him, especially in super flex situations. I just can't right now. And I think the matchup, they're probably going to have to throw the football. I don't think they're going to be able to run this week. We oh. oh, sorry, Okada. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, by the way, whenever Okada oh, trends on Twitter, he thinks it's him. It's not. He should watch some wrestling. All right, I left my heart <laughs> in San Francisco and maybe a running back that I wanted to start. The injury bug has hit the 49ers, but you know what? This hype train has got to depart. So give this guy a chance. The matchup is rather tasty. Hey, hit that horn, not that one, and show me Jamichael <laughs> Hasty. Yeah, I'm on board. I
2: am on board. You know, I mean, like Florio sort of talked about it earlier, right? With Elijah Mitchell, he's dealing with some injury situations. I know Jeff Wilson uh, had a little bit of a flare-up with his knee, I and mean, the Niners had to bring in running backs to work out. We want part of a Kyle Shanahan running game, and
1: Jamichael Hasty sort of looks like the next man up. So uh, I can I can abide getting on this train at least for this week. Yeah, it's like WWE. In the '90s, we're like, we don't care if it's Kevin Nash or Glenn Jacobs who's playing the fake Diesel. Just give us whoever's whoever's starting at the running back position. That was a terrible one. Bring me back like on the camera. Kind of open card. Great. Here, I'm trying to hit Puma. Okay, listen. Yeah, we're taking it to Michael. No disrespect right. to you. Before we have oh! someone,
2: before I want to get a paper cut on their face. Oh, uh, with- Brandon, please give me the bird. Let's let's move this along. <laughs> Oh, will Barkley's bite be bold enough to Wait. beat up the bolts? Can Clyde create chaos against the Raiders in Kansas City? Getting crazy with our Week 14 predictions when NFL Fantasy Live returns and, and Rank figures out how to keep tossing these, uh, these cards. Here we go. Oh, that was a, that was a good one. That was pretty good.
1: Oh, oh was right on target. Again. That
2: was good. Oh, that was almost it. Oh, that was almost so great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you go into your shower feeling Get your game day started Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern with
1: NFL Game Day Morning. Earlier this season, the Cowboys were 6-2 and Washington was 2-6. But the football teams won four in a row heading into their showdown on Sunday. We'll let you know why Dallas's NFC East dominance could be in doubt. Best on the end zone, touchdown Tampa Bay! Tom Brady's on a roll as he prepares to face the Bills, a team he's beaten only 32 times in his career. We'll explain why it may be more of the same this week. Plus, lobs it to the end zone, touchdown! The Browns have had two weeks to think about that loss to Baltimore. Ahead of the rematch, Kurt Warner sits down with Baker Mayfield to find out why this week will be different. All that and more on NFL Game Day Morning, Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern. With great
2: power comes great responsibility, and then there's whatever they give us. Uh, you sent us your questions that we know aren't for you. You're just asking for a friend. Uh, all right, we're going to go around the horn and answer some of the questions you sent us on Twitter.com. This one's starting uh, for you, Cynthia. Uh, Lynn Sanity, Jeremy Lynn apparently is a- hitting us up. Oh. I have Jalen Hurts <laughs> on a buy this week. Should I pick up Justin Fields or Taylor Heineke? Whoosh, I'm going Taylor Heineke there <laughs>
4: with that one. I know it's going to sound a little crazy, but... This is a little tease for my cuckoo later, Taylor Haneke.
2: I'm just watching Rank stare you down after uh, you said that there. He did uh, like my answer. Florio, this one's for you. Darnell Mooney or KJ
3: Osborne at a half-point PPR? I said earlier that Osborne was Ope, but I would go with Mooney here. Him and Fields seem to have a good connection, and Mooney gets a lot of volume each week. He You're throws like, the no, ball no. downfield. That's what it the is. other quarterback might not have done. That there you go. Uh, Rank this one comes to you.
2: This is a humble brag or this is a DFS lineup one of the two. Uh, <laughs> oh. Brady or Rogers.
1: You know what? This is uh, in my second city league. I have this exact same thing every week. I go with Brady and I never touch it. Never. never. But so you never. have personal reasons, I think, for doing. No, that. I just no because this will drive you crazy uh. when you have two great quarterbacks like this. I mean, it's negligible. So just go with. Brady or who or, or, or whatever or you should have traded one when the trading
2: nobody or, trades like, for quarterback I know that's really hard I know I get it uh, Russell Wilson or Joe Burrow this week? This is, a, this is kind of a tough call. I would say I would probably go Russ, just because I think the matchup's a little bit better. Uh, I would rather take my chances against the Texans' defense uh, than the 49ers' defense, so I go Russ. Uh, all right, back to you, Cynthia. Which Titans running back? He has both. Uh, someone has to play with Mixon, Taylor's on a bye. So I guess it's a, uh, a Dontrell, Hilliard, or Deontay Foreman question?
4: If it's that question, then it's Hilliard. If it's, okay. a, if I don't, I was confused about the, the yeah. other part. All right,
3: Perfect. So go. Great. All right. Uh, last one. This one goes to you, Florio. Chuba or AJ Dillon? I would go with Chuba. We keep saying how much we expect the Panthers to run the ball. I think he's their lead runner this week. So. Plus, uh, I mean, Dillon's
2: still behind Aaron James yeah. too. So there's that part of it. Too. There's that. Uh, all right. Time now for <laughs> Call Me Crazy, but it's our week 14 predictions. That'll leave some folks scratching their head. We're going to get nuts. Uh, Adam Rank,
1: start us off. Call Me Crazy. 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 But Saquon Barkley oh, we're not going to go to my camera, is going to have 20-plus points against the L.A. Chargers. And you know what? This is a pretty good matchup for him. The, the L.A. Chargers have allowed the second-most yards per game on the ground this season. Saquon was the leading pass catcher, or was the most targeted receiver out of the backfield. So the thing is, If they try to establish the run against the Chargers, that's great. If they fall behind, he's probably their most reliable dump-off guy for Mike Glennon. That's also great. So I look for him to get 20 points.
4: Okay, so I went a little bit more crazier than this, and I think that all of the three so Heineke, McLaurin, and Gibson outscore their Dallas counterparts of Dak Lamb. I went with Pollard here, but you could switch that for Zeke. It doesn't really matter. It's Thursday. We're figuring out (laughs) who the running back is. So I think all three. When you're on our show
1: Sunday, we. Oh, wait.
4: You know what? You know what? (laughs) After the show, you and me.
3: Call me crazy, but I think Patrick Mahomes reminds the world he's Patrick Mahomes with over 30 fantasy points. You heard Cynthia talk about it earlier, but the only game this year Mahomes has looked like Mahomes was against the Raiders where he threw for over 400 yards and five touchdowns. He averages 27 against them, and he's top 30 and three of seven in his career. Well, we'll stay with the
2: Chiefs. Call me crazy, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire rushes for two touchdowns in a game for just the second time in his career. The Raiders' run defense starting to leak. Three of the four biggest run days that they've given up have come since week nine CEH has one other two touchdown game in his career it was against the Raiders last year in week 11 so I think he does it again against the Raiders this week all right that will do it for this edition of NFL We didn't have the horn Live. anymore. These two are going to go battle it out after the show for the rest of you. Come nope. on back tomorrow. Nope. We got the Sunday showdowns. We're going through every game on the Sunday slate. That's tomorrow. We're not doing that. Six p.m. Eastern. time. Enjoy NFL the Horn. Game day kickoff coming right after Stop us. Stop with the horn. Have a good night, everybody. Stop.